Thank you for listening to the FCS Podcast with your hosts, Joe DeLeon and Sean Anderson. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, do you believe? It is the FCS Football Podcast presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Sean Anderson, joined by Thanksgiving hater Joe DeLeon. We will be covering wait, 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 all of wait, wait, the wait, first wait, round wait, wait, FCS wait. playoff matchups wait. this week in wait. this episode. Why? So buckle up. We're going through all of them. If you're a North Dakota fan, you're going to hear what you want to say. You're, you're going to hear us talk about them. If you're a Furman fan, you're going to hear about their matchup with Austin P. But first, Joe, wait, you, why you have am some I opposite. Why because you couldn't get the here, quote. Here. You didn't get the quote. I didn't remember a planes, trains, and automobiles reference. I know I've seen the movie. I know the movie. That's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen it in a while. Name two actors in the movie: Uh, John Candy and um, uh, and Steve. um, Oh oh, oh my god! Oh oh my god! Oh my god! I know that Steve. He was on SNL. He's a comedian. He's in so many movies. Cheaper by the dozen. Just tell me. Figure it out. Come on, Joe. No, we got plenty of time. <laughs> oh, we have plenty of time. <laughs> yeah, as our listeners just painfully Steve listen to me. Steve Martin. Steve Martin. Okay, so I still, I've seen uh, the movie. Yep, yep, I know yep, the movie. Yep. It's a good movie. Okay. This guy's drunk. Yeah. It's going the wrong, wrong way. way yeah, yeah, there we go. Wait, but why am I a Thanksgiving hater? Uh, what because did you I, didn't know the movie. What, and I, why, I, is that a thanks, why does it qualify me as a Thanksgiving hater? I'm fat. And that it means jo- I love Thanksgiving. You're fat. Are you, you love gonna, Thanksgiving? Are you? Oh wait, no. Thanksgiving's not when I'm gonna get my 9 a.m. text from you. That's no, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll get the 2 a.m. one from Sean. That oh, oh. That I'm like, Sean, you need to go home. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Was last week the fence hopping? You mean last or was year? Last week? Last year? La- last year was the uh, mailboxes. No, 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 no. No, 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 you're going to, do- <laughs> there's nothing done with mailboxes, I just said I wanted to knock one down. Yeah, yeah. I didn't knock any down yeah, on Thanksgiving. Yeah, but you spoke to me about, you texted I, me when I was asleep, and I just, you these, gave me a long conversation about how you didn't these, like mailboxes. These mailboxes are looking pretty <laughs> arrogant right now. <laughs> That's, that about sums it up. Yeah, no, I didn't knock any down that night. No. Oh. Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> okay, can we get to the... Okay, so this is the biggest rendition of the UU Games of the Week, and we are also pairing it with FC Estimates for the holy grail of a Thursday show. So we're going to be giving a quick preview and a quick key to victory for one team each. Uh, for each well, it's game. It's not really a key to victory. Well, you know, it's like a, it's a something, note, something that, that's noteworthy from the game. Stop giving me that look. I'm just saying. I was I was about to. Okay, go thanks. ahead. And then we're going to pick our winner of the game. Sounds, Sounds good, people? I, I'm Sound ready to good. rock. Let's do this thing. All right, we're going to start here with Nichols and North Dakota. Nichols. No, Nichols. Okay. Yeah. Now, Joe, what is what are you looking for or looking at this game? Well, one thing that really stood out to me is – that Nichols' run game could really take this game over. They have two guys that are a driving force for this offense, and they have been all season, they have been in the past, and it's a bit of a two-headed monster with Chase Forsad and Julian Gums. Gums has 283 rushing yards and 16 touchdowns on the season. That's more than one touchdown per game. Chase Forsad, 
561 rush yards and 11 touchdowns. Not even going to talk about his passing numbers because those are great too. But their run game is so good, and we're also have to take a look at how North Dakota is doing this year. Nichols overall is averaging 188.3 yards per game, while North Dakota is giving up an egregious 181.5. Those are not two good numbers that you want to see in a matchup. Yeah, those are that's that's not promising. Those don't clash against each other. They uh, complement each other. In for Nichols. Favor, yes, yeah. for Nichols. Now, when I see this game, I see that North Dakota this year had wins against Sam Houston State, the Ugly Upsetters, and Montana State, who just beat Montana. So they have wins against quality opponents. And I know North Dakota is an independent, and they're not always going against uh, the same teams from the same conference. So it's kind of hard to read uh, what their matchups are, how their trends go. Uh, but this is a team that could definitely play up to their competition, but they can also play down to their competition. Seven, or I think four losses on the year uh, from them. They, 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 it's not like they've had a perfect season, but I think North Dakota has the potential to play up to Nichols. I mean, that's it, it's hard for me to say that Nichols is the favorite, but if you're just looking at it unbiasedly, they probably are. Yeah, so, the, but I'm, yeah. I'm saying North Dakota as a team, uh, it's hard to, to track them like that, but they have the potential to go up there and get them. They were one of the last four... There four teams in and <clears throat> they were one of those last four teams in and they really are like you said hard to read because they have that huge upset over Montana State but other than that I don't know how much stock you can put in them they're an independent team they've been inconsistent at times this year not a lot of great losses that you want to hang your hat on and say oh well it was a you know it was a close game uh, not enough of those that I really want to hang my hat on they lost a game that they should have won against Weber State Things like that don't give me a lot of confidence. And then just the rushing numbers, that stat that I was able to pull up, just really caught my eye in this situation. Now, Joe, given all of this beautiful information we've just displayed, who are you taking in this game? I'm going to go with Nichols State. I think that it makes the most sense. Uh, as much as there's going to be a good shot that North Dakota pulls pulls this one out. There's a good chance. They, they come to play sometimes against these big opponents. But just based on circumstance, Nichols. I might, you see, when I watched North Dakota play Weber State a couple weeks ago, I saw how efficient that they can be and how well they can play up against top opponents. I'm taking, oh, I got it. It's hard because Nichols has that, that really good run attack. I'm taking North Dakota because I think they're good on defense and I think they're going to play up to the competition. Now they have to face North Dakota State the next week if they win, but we're just talking first round right mm -hmm. now. So I'll take North Dakota and you have Nichols. Now the next game, we're just going to keep on rolling through them here. Southeast Missouri State versus Illinois State. Joe, oh, here we go. I like this. Why don't you start us off? James Robinson, the star running back for Illinois State, might have a very long day to deal with. He clearly has been dominant on the ground over 1,300 rushing yards on the year. But it's worth noting that Southeast Missouri State has two of the best linebackers in the country. Compact, six-foot-tall guys, big bodies, but very, very fast, very, very athletic in Zach Hall and Justin Swift. 112 tackles for Hall, 84 tackles for Swift. So those guys are going to make things hell for James Robinson. He's not going to have a lot of room to run. Even if their offensive line, Illinois State's offensive line, is blocking well for James Robinson, they're quick enough, they're athletic enough to find the ball and track it down and stop it for a minimal gain. Yeah, that's a great linebacking core. For me, it is the combination for, for Illinois State to win. They're going to have to stop the uh, the 
combination of, you ready? Santa Catarina to Wilkerson. This duo uh, for Southeast Missouri State is lethal. Wilkerson has uh, compiled over 1,200 receiving yards on the year, I think 11 to 12 touchdowns. He has been phenomenal for them, and he is a game-breaker type player. Obviously, you're only playing 10, 11 games. You're averaging over 100 yards per game in that situation. So he is going to be a big problem for Illinois State if they don't lock in on him. And it's just going to be – obviously, the linebacker play is going to shut down a lot of the run and some of the underneath routes. But if Wilkerson can get down deep and maybe bust open two over-the-top touchdowns, that could give Southeast Missouri State just enough to uh, possibly get that win. So my pick here, I'm going to still end up picking Illinois State. I think that they're in the better conference. They didn't perform that well against the big teams in their conference, but still I, I'm going to give the edge to the Redbirds. You're welcome, Kwame. I might. Ha- I think I'm going to go with the Redbirds also here. Uh, j- I know they took a bad loss last Never week. Mind. Sorry, Kwame. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we just jinxed him. <laughs> we'll have to track about my picks and see see who I who I jinxed here. But um, <laughs> man, wouldn't that be a shame if I went 0 for eight and then every every team I picked lost? Oh, that would be so. <laughs> funny if that happened but uh, <laughs> i'm gonna it go with happen. illinois state i know they took an ugly loss last week but this week is different it's the playoffs playoffs as lebron james said playoff sweat is different than regular season sweat we're ready for this next game on the docket albany versus central connecticut state joe yes Central Connecticut, Central, ah, oh, wow. Tongue twister. Sean? Sen- okay. <laughs> Albany is playing no, on no, their home. I got it. <laughs> Go ahead. You already took okay. off. Uh, yeah. Albany's actually, this is cool. They're playing on their home field on the Bob this week, but Central Connecticut being kind of local to that, they're probably going to travel well, so I don't see much of a home field advantage, which could be very helpful in the playoffs. Um, this is a difficult, sometimes I like to look at the stats and see who gets to the quarterback more. Albany has 30 sacks on the year. Central Connecticut State has 29. So if you have such an even matchup like that, it just comes down to which team will cover better. And I think Albany might have better DBs in Central Connecticut State if we're being honest. Obviously, Albany's best asset to their team is their offense, as Joe will about to get to. But it's just going to be who has the better defensive backs and which defensive back pairing or core plays better in this game. My point here is that Central Connecticut State will need to dominate time of possession. And my reasoning is because Central Connecticut State is a run-first team. They've got a run-heavy quarterback in Aaron Winchester. He's a very good runner, better than I think he is a passer, I would argue, considering he's leading his team in rushing yards. In addition to that, um, the main reason here is because Albany has one of the most potent explosive passing offenses in the NFL or in the NFL in the FCS they are able to stretch the field they run a lot of deep passing concepts they'll run a go route when you're not expecting to on first down and 10 if they really feel like it but they also have a very good run game under Cuffler has 33 passing touchdowns if you don't dominate time of possession and keep the the ball out of the hands of under Cuffler he's going to pick you apart he's going to throw for four three to four touchdowns Guarantee that. Yeah, they they're off. Their pass attack is is really. I mean, for the four years that we've been here, this is the best offense that we've seen out of them. So I think I might have to take Albany in this game. I'm going to pick Albany as well. I know that Central Connecticut State has a lot of momentum after winning their conference and doing so well this season. One loss on the year. One loss, almost beating an FBS opponent. But I'm still going to pick Albany. Next game, Austin P. Furman. 
Now, I'll lead this one off because you're going to go into a little more details afterwards. Go For ahead. me, the biggest key here, and Joe is uh, parallel to my point, Austin P. Very good on offense, but can they stop this Furman option is what I'm looking for. I mean, that's what everyone's going to be looking for because Furman's defense is solid. They fly around pretty well, and they match up okay with Austin P. It's not going to be – it's going to be kind of – I still would give the, the nod a little to Austin P's offense over Furman's defense, but it just is really dependent on Austin P's defense stopping this Furman option. Well, I have that answer for you, Sean, okay, because Furman's option attack, which is very, very good, averaging 275 – .8 yards per game, but Austin P's run defense is arguably one of the best in the country, only allowing 86.5 rush yards per game. That is very hard to do, to hold teams to under 100 yards per game and even under 90. The fact they're able to do that, that's just incredible. They've got a, an amazing front seven on that defense. Just some names that are worth pointing out. Uh, Josephus Smith, Sean Whittinghill, and also Jack McDonald, all three of them have accumulated a ton of tackles for losses. They are so hard to stop by opposing offensive lines. Josephus Smith is very small and compact. He's about 5'10 uh, in that 280 range. He's not a big dude as far as height-wise, but he's so small, he's uh, uh, low to the ground, he's so quick that not a lot of linemen can block him. So that they're going to have their hands full. They're going to have their hands full trying to block them, Furman. Is it Josephus or Josephus? I'm going to just go with Josephus. I want to start calling you Josephus. Okay, thank you. I think that Furman is going to get 150 yards on the ground this game, Joe. That's underperforming for that, him. Yes, do you think that's over or under? What, what are you saying? I'm agreeing them? with that. I'm picking think, Austin P. Austin P. has oh. never let me down in games where it's a bit of a toss-up. I think this game's more of a toss-up than people want to give it credit for. And for that specific reason, I'm picking Austin P. You know who I'm picking? No, no. Give me the Paladins. Oh, I thought you were going to do Austin P. No, P for I'm not once. picking Austin P. Give me All the right, Paladins. Thanks for the free win, the free pick. Thanks. You just, that, I'm gonna win. They're going to win now because you picked against Austin P, which you've done every freaking time we've had to pick one of their games. Go to the next one. <laughs> Wofford versus Kennesaw State. Hey, Masseroni and Blythe, tune out now because it's going to get ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Joe. Um, yeah, I think that the haircut that Nick Masseroni got is really going to help if, Kennesaw State. If that State. doesn't jinx them, <laughs> if, if I pick Kennesaw State here and you blame me for jinxing them, blame yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I noticed when I was looking at this is I, I was thinking to myself, have did both of these team finally teams finally meet their matches? Because they're both the option attacks. They both are very, very run-heavy. They're both averaging over 300 rush yards per game because of their option offenses, over 30 points per game. So they're hitting home pretty, pretty often if, if they're able to score that many times, that many points. But both of these teams have pretty good run defenses. Kennesaw State better than Wofford. 90 yards allowed on the ground per game compared to Wofford's 146. But I think that number evens out a little bit because of competition. I don't think there's a huge drop-off in who they're playing, but I think you have to give a little bit of a nod to uh, to Wofford and who they've played this season compared to Kennesaw State in the Big South. Right. This has been re reported as being uh, projected as the fa the fastest playoff game ever played, given the, given how much they run the ball. Now, You're projecting it based on what Sean Blythe yeah, said well, on the Monday yeah, show? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, huh. 
for me, when I look at this, it is I see I looked at the fumbles for both teams because obviously you run the ball, that's how you're going to turn the ball over the most. Wofford has ten fumbles on the year. I think they only lost two, uh, and they forced six on defense. Whereas Kennesaw State has twenty three fumbles on the year, but forced nineteen. Mm. I think. I think I'm going to have to take Wofford in this game just on that. I know that they're not forcing more than Kennesaw State, but Kennesaw, you're putting the ball on the, on the ground way too much. Next game on the docket, Southeastern Louisiana versus Villanova. We both picked Wofford for the previous game, correct? Yes, we yes. did. Okay. Wofford is our picks. Now the Lions versus the Wildcats here. Joe, I will start us off. For me, when I look at this game, and especially this Villanova team, I think which Villanova player is going to explode on offense. Last week, it was Changa Hodge, eight catches, 236 yards, four touchdowns. They have four running backs with at least 50 carries on the year, four wide receivers with at least 30 catches on the year. You got to prep for all of them because you don't know who's going to be getting the ball and when, and they all are different in their skill sets and attributes. So, how do you cover for this many skill players in addition to Daniel Smith who can both chuck it and run it? Yeah, it's 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 tough to handle. It's one of the things that we've talked about all year, how versatile and how deep this Villanova offense is and how good they are because of that. One thing that really stuck out to me is that Southeast Louisiana has 41 sacks and Villanova has 38. So both teams can get after the quarterback. Both have played very, very good teams, and they've been able to rack up those sacks. And, you know, Villanova has Forrest Ryan and Malik Fisher. But on the other hand, Southeast Louisiana has Berglund and Alexis Ramos. So both of them have those talented guys that can get after the quarterback. We might see, uh, you know, four to five sacks from both teams. There's a shot that we could see that. That's exciting. That's exciting football right there. This is going to be maybe one of the most exciting games that we would watch uh, this upcoming Saturday. Now, Joe, who do you have taken it? Uh, I'm going to pick Villanova. I'm going to go with Villanova here. I think I'm going to go with Villanova also. We both have picked two CAA teams. Okay. Uh, Are we seeing a trend? <laughs> <laughs> We're not biased. Right. <laughs> <laughs> People are listening to this just like, oh, my gosh. They really just do that again. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Next game, University of Northern Iowa versus San Diego. I look at this San Diego team, and I am very perplexed because they have only accumulated 14 sacks on the year, which is just barely over one a game, but they've only given up 10 on the year. And then I'm like, okay, there has to be more going on on defense and offense than this. It's just because more happens in the course of a football season. They have 19 interceptions on the year. They are ball hawks, and you and I, you better be careful. You better protect that thing because they might come out of here with three or four. Yeah, they might They might be able to to uh, hawk some of those passes down. One thing that really st- stuck out to me <laughs> was uh, – or, or one thing that really perplexed me because this is such a tough game to pick, San Diego torched so many teams in the Pioneer League, but then they lost early – to Cal Poly, and then their only real, like, arguably good loss that they have is to UC Davis, which they lost 38-35. to So I can't really get a good read on this game. This is one of the ones that's a little bit of a toss-up because they're so good offensively, but they're actually playing a real opponent. San Diego would spank UC Davis now, by the way. I'm saying that right now. If they were to play UC Davis Again? right now, they would spank them. Yeah, I could see that. So who are you picking? You said their biggest loss was to UC Davis. Yeah. You said again. What do you mean? 
I said that San Diego would spank UC Davis. And then you said so again. So if they played a second oh, yeah, time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah that's again, what I'm trying again. to get okay, at. Okay, I yeah, thought yeah, you yeah. said again. Okay. Uh, I am actually going to take UNI in this game. I just think they're bigger in the trenches. I think they're probably going to get after them more. Yeah, it's tough for these Pioneer League teams to come out with victories. I'm going to give you and I the nod. But San Diego, I'm really I, I'm I'm rooting for them. I think Same. that I I it's hard not to. I'm really rooting for San Diego over you and I because they have consistently kind of like underwhelmed me all season. Final game. Oh, there's some words to be said about this one. Monmouth and mm-hmm. Holy Cross. Yeah. I will start this off and then I will let Mr. Joe DeLeon, he is putting the chalk on his hands and he is about to toss it up as he is ready to go into game mode here to talk about this game. But for me, I see Monmouth has 210 rush yards per game and 270 passing yards per game. They Their offense is spectacular. They are just moving the ball down the field against anybody and everybody. I'm just I'm going to take Monmouth over Holy Cross just because their offense is spectacular. Oh, okay. So, so when when I pick here we go. When I made an assumption on Twitter that Holy Cross was a walkover game, I was going off of knowledge that one, they're a Patriot League team. Two, they barely won the Patriot League because they're seven and five. Yeah. And most of their wins came in conference. And you would argue that like the Pioneer League, the Patriot League isn't very good. But when I actually got to go do some digging and oh, yeah. break some stuff down. And oh. get to learn some more. Interesting. I got mad. Oh yeah, he I got did. really mad because I all these people on I, all Will Pipicelli was hiding under I, the table. Probably. I <laughs> all of these people on Twitter felt the need to argue with me and be like, "Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know anything about Holy Cross." All these people out of the woodworks. Yeah, Rody Joe. All, all these people out of the woodworks came out of nowhere to tell me that Holy Cross was better than I expected them to be, and they were saying that Monmouth wasn't that good. So you're telling me that a Holy Cross team that is averaging 137 rush yards per game, but giving up 145. Mm. Only averaging 210 pass yards per game, but conversely, giving up 223. So they're getting outbeaten their averages on both things. 22 points per game, giving up 22.67 points per game. I have no clue they won any of these games. It makes no sense to me. Statistically, statistically it makes absolutely no sense. They have 32 sacks on the year, but they gave up 32. So... They don't do a, a damn thing exceptionally well. How can you have confidence that your team is not a walkover? With those stats, you don't even do a thing. It's like this is a this is a a, a six and six football team. It's literally it's in an incredibly average football team. This is so average. But then you look at Monmouth, yeah. who's actually good, oh, who is good. really really good. And I get it. They had the close. Close, close win against Wagner. That's so bad. That looks really bad on him. But let's not forget about Pete Guerrero, who has 1,600 rushing yards and 14 <laughs> touchdowns. You know, he's garbage. He's not going to rush for anything against Holy Cross. Oh, and then let's also talk about uh, Kenji Bahar, who threw for 3,262 yards and, and 28 touchdowns. You know, because that's nothing. 28 touchdowns? Yeah. That, you know, that's that's there. apparently... That's like over two a game. That's yeah, like three, that's a, almost three games. That's apparently nothing. And then you also got their great receivers, Lonnie Moore and also T. Green. 903 yards, 793 yards for the both of them. Nine and eight touchdowns. So, I don't get it. How was I at fault? I thought maybe after people were saying, like, oh, they're not a walkover. Like, oh, maybe I, you know, maybe I was a little wrong about this team. Maybe I'm going to go do it when I do the show prep for the, um, the midday or the midweek show. I was going to be wrong. But I'm not wrong. 
They're going to get blown out. Holy Dude. Cross is going to get blown out. And if that doesn't happen, I might lose my mind. Dude, all of the Princeton defenders came after me after I criticized somebody for putting them at, like, number 12 in their top 25 bracket three weeks ago. Some of these fans are just fans, and that's what they Homers, are. Homers, yeah. They don't know anything They're about football. They're fans. They don't know anything about football. I had – I made fun of the Browns on Twitter. <laughs> and, and I have people bringing up our our record as a football team and coming after me. I'm that's like, not related to that. Yeah, but that's what yeah. that's what you get. You get mm. the fans. Yeah. Some of our listeners want to learn and hear more, and some people just don't listen and want to argue with me because I, I don't know anything. If you know a Holy Cross fan, make sure they tune in to the last five minutes of this show. Yeah, tell them to listen. I hope they want <laughs> I have all you people who argued with me. Listen to what I have to say. Give me a counterpoint. And then on top of that, I can't wait until this game on Saturday. I can't wait. Is that the one you're definitely gonna watch? I hundred percent I'm watching as many of them as I can. I am too, but is that like the good like you know how you you have your main screen and then you can deviate to other yeah, ones? Yeah, that's, that's, that's gonna that's be the your main, main screen. Okay. That's the goal. Are you gonna watch Kennesaw? <laughs> just for my my own I, I, my own mental health and also the mental health of <laughs> Nick Masseroni <laughs> and Sean Blythe. I don't think I'm going to watch the game. I don't think I will either. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, we delivered on our end. Send us some questions and reactions for the upcoming week after you watch all of these games that are going to be jam packed. We'll be back here next Monday, ready to record, ready to field all of your thoughts with another fat episode of week two of the FCS playoffs. We are going to be coming at you even better than we did last th- this past Monday. It's going to be even more jam-packed. Stakes are higher. It's going to be a huge show. And guess what? Next Wednesday, we're going to be doing the same thing that we did today. So next week is going to be an even bigger week for us. Make sure to reach out on Twitter. Make sure to ask us what you what you want to know. We are here to field your questions and interact with you. You can listen to the show on, Joe, please. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio. You name it, you can also follow us. Find us at Believe.com, where there's a number of other wonderful shows. And we know, we know. We know. We know you're traveling this week. We know you're going home to see your families, and we know you, you you love them very much. But while you're traveling, recommend this show to somebody else, or go to Believe.com and listen to any one of their 140 shows that you want to. You don't have a one-hour commute, or else you'd see your mom more. Okay, you're you're taking a long trip. How <laughs> put on uh, put on sex mysteries? While put on sex mysteries. <laughs> put on while, whatever while you you're want around the dinner table it on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Put that on the background when you're playing football. <laughs> put on the Tiger podcast. Put on whatever you want. Yeah. There are so many shows available. If you're going to any other podcast network, you are a rube. I don't even remember what the we name of that covered, one podcast it, was uh, It's the Sex Playbook. Yeah, I that's listen, what it is. I listened to it the other- the, Is it good? Uh, I listened, it's a good show, right? No, I listened to the preview. It was oh. like- it's like they were talking about breaking up with people before Christmas. Oh, <laughs> because they're like, <laughs> because you're like, yeah, you don't really want to get them a gift, or else they're probably gonna like throw it out anyways. So, uh, in terms of saving money, you should probably just dump them before Christmas. I'm like, oh, that's brutal. Oh I'm no, like, these people are they're prioritizing the money over How the person. How do I make a guest appearance? <laughs> I want to come on. It's... What are you gonna do? You I gonna don't ask... know. For sex mysteries, you could definitely ask about the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> if there was. If there was... <laughs> See, I don't know why it's uh, it's it's more of a relationship advice. It sounds. I, like. I guess yeah. I, I I don't know the sex playbook, I, but um, that's a one of them. If you don't care about that stuff, almost every sports team that you could think of water is being polo. covered. Water polo, uh, the USC Trojans, Texas football, 
I think there is a Auburn football podcast. There is also. an Auburn football. There with, is uh, anything you need. This is the big push for Believe. Yes. Maybe we can get some money soon. No. No. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. We will be back with you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.